So Money episode 162, Holly Johnson. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. You are listening to So Money. Welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. I've got a fantastic female entrepreneur on the show today, Holly Johnson. She's a blogger extraordinaire, co-founder of two websites, a personal finance blog, Club Thrifty, and a frugal travel blog, Travel Blue Book, which uh, both have become so successful. Guess what? Her husband just joined her and quit his nine to five to join her and build this online empire. Greg is her husband, and build her online empire. Holly is also a staff writer at Get Rich Slowly, The Simple Dollar, Frugal Travel Guy, and U.S. News and World Report. Her work has been featured everywhere, The Wall Street Journal, Fox, Forbes, Lifehacker, Yahoo, on and on and on. Now, Holly's journey started after realizing that even though together as a couple, Holly and Greg, her husband, even though that together they were making good money, uh, they weren't really saving enough to have the lifestyle they really, really wanted. And I think that's something that a lot of us can relate to. You know, you make money, you spend it, you have the things that you want, but there's still more that that you wish you had. It's not more in the sense of stuff, but you know, you have a future to build and you want to be able to um, feel confident that you're going to be able to retire well, send your kids to school, uh, buy that home that you want. And so how do you, how do you get there? And uh, so Holly and Greg started tracking their spending. And uh, as a result, Club Thrifty, that first blog was born to not only encourage themselves, but others to, as they say, stop spending and start living. It was this little side hustle that eventually turned into an incredibly profitable source of income for them. And as I said, it's allowed Greg to quit his job and focus on the business as well. Three takeaways from our interview with Holly. Why she thinks that couples should have one account, just one shared account. And uh, well, I happen to disagree. One key and simple detail to have on your personal blog for you bloggers out there that can help you make more money and her top advice for landing online writing opportunities. If you're interested in getting some side income from freelance writing, you'll want to hear what she has to say. So here, without further ado, is Holly Johnson. Holly Johnson, welcome to So Money. Great to have you on the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Your partner in crime is your husband, Greg. Although as this podcast works, I try to do just one-on-one. So uh, we will channel Greg throughout this interview, <laughs> as I know that he's a very big part of of the, the success that you've created online um, yes. through Club Thrifty and, and your travel blog. And actually, Mark just left his nine-to-five to full-time concentrate on, on your business ventures, right? Yeah, Greg did. Yep. Greg just oh, left sorry. his job. No, that's okay. Have I been saying Mark since the beginning? No. Oh. <laughs> You said Greg once. He just left his job on March 2nd, so he's been home for about two months now. And you have two small kids, so is it good to be able to all of you be at home, or is it nice to like be able to get away sometimes? Um, it's Having both of us at home is honestly a dream come true. Um, when we first started our online side hustle type stuff several years ago, that was the goal, was to get one of us at home and then hopefully have both of us at home. And it's amazing. I mean, 
we put the kids on the bus every day. And, um, obviously we have unlimited vacation. Yeah. Uh, we, we eat lunch at school with my daughter. Um, it's just, it's everything I thought it would be. Tell us a little bit, a bit about Club Thrifty. This is your personal finance blog that was born out of your own journey. Yeah. Um, Club Thrifty started because we, we were at a point in our lives several years ago where we were making plenty of money and we weren't really optimizing our income or maximizing the amount of money that we earned. So we started Club Thrifty um, while we were in the middle of that journey just to document it and just kind of shared some of the things that we learned as we, you know, got better about the money that we earned. So, and it's mainly a frugality blog, but I also talk about travel and freelance writing and pretty much anything. Did you have any outside help as you were climbing out of your financial issues? No. And I mean, to be honest, we didn't have any real issues. We had some car payments and some student loan debt, but I mean, really for us, it was just about doing better, like really getting the most out of the money we earned. Mm -hmm. We weren't in having a big problem or anything. We weren't deep, deep in debt. We just weren't really, I mean, we were working hard at work Monday through Friday, nine to five, but we weren't making the most out of it. So no, it was all just things we learned through trial and error as we learned to just make better decisions. You were able to replace your nine to five income in just 11 months. Mm -hmm. How is that possible? A lot of us on the podcast want to become online entrepreneurs and online revenue makers. How are you able to really maximize your, uh, your exposure online to, to earn that kind of money? Um, well, when I, when I transitioned from my full-time job and I was writing and blogging part-time, I was really working two full-time jobs and, um, that's how, I mean, I got up early, I stayed up late, I spent weekends doing it. I'd put the kids to bed, then write all night. Um, but for me, it's just about making the most out of my time. I'm extremely productive and that really helps me make money because I get more done in a day than most people get done in a week. So, um, I just focus. Having two kids forces that on you, right? You, yeah. <laughs> you, you do not waste any time. Yeah, exactly. What's your financial philosophy, Holly? One that maybe is um, sprinkled throughout Club Thrifty, but also in your personal life is something that you really hold true uh, and, and close to your the way that you t go about your financial decision making. Um, I would say that one thing we live by is that debt holds you back from living the life you really want to live. And we've, we are debt free aside from a small mortgage. Um, we're paying that off as we speak and we just want to move forward without any kind of debt. You know, when you have debt, you have to plan your life around it. You have to keep that job you don't want. You have to do lots of things you don't want to do. And being debt free has meant so much to us. I can never imagine going back there. What about uh, money memories growing up? Holly, uh, take me a little bit, take me down memory lane, paint the picture of you growing up. Where, where did you grow up? What was life like? And, and, and specifically, what was your exposure to money growing up? Um, my parents were, we weren't well off. My mom was a stay at home mom until I went to school. But, you know, one thing I remember is, um, my dad having a job that he didn't like and doing it for 30 some years. And um, I remember him being really stressed out all the time. He was in insurance and he would wake up in the middle of the night and check the thermostat and pace up and down the hallway. And he was always kind of like tense. And it was so weird because 
when my dad retired after 30 something years, he like turned into a totally different person overnight. And I just, I remember that and that kind of stuck with me. And I always wanted like he was happier and he was more at peace. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, I always wanted as an adult to not live that life where I had to go to this job that I didn't like. And that, that definitely stuck with me. And now as an adult, how do your parents kind of see your career path and, and are they proud? Yeah. Yeah. They're proud. I don't, I don't know if they get it or not. But. Yeah. <laughs> it is hard. I will say as the, the, you know, the older generation, I think our parents raised us to shoot for the stars and have careers that we love, but this, but they are, there's this underlying fear of being out on your own. It's not, it's something generational because is. entrepreneurship is getting a really great, um, getting a lot of publicity and, and good publicity now, you know, like it's great to be your own boss and it's encouraged, but, um, and yeah, it's scary. But I think as the parents of our parents, I think it's still something that is, um, kind of an unknown. And yeah, I mean, people are always asking us like, you know, who gets your health insurance right. and what about your 401k match and all that <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, whatever we, you know, we, we save for our own retirement. We, we max out our retirement accounts. I don't need an employer to do that for me. Um, so, so. When, when going back to when you were saying is, you know, that you didn't really have any money issues, but you felt as though you weren't taking advantage of the money you were making to the, to the, to, you know, really save enough and, and, and plan well, what was the shift that you made? Like, what was the, what were the changes that you made to make sure that you were giving your money more meaning? Um, well, it happened when we got pregnant with our second child. Um, that's kind of when we made the mental shift because we just realized we weren't getting the most out of it. But I mean, really, it wasn't anything hard. Like we cut cable, we looked at our, we tracked our spending and noticed that we were spending a lot of money on groceries and entertainment, things that are easy to cut. I mean, it was all low hanging fruit. We just went after everything that we were spending money on that we didn't need to and we cut it out. And then, and Ever since then, we've been happier. I mean, we really didn't need all those things. When did you realize that your money wasn't being spent appropriately? Like, was it something that you wanted to buy or save for that you realized you didn't have enough money for and it was really important to you? You know, because I think a lot of us have a lot of low-hanging fruit that we could get rid of. But it's the difference is wanting to and feeling mobilized. What was the mobilization point for you? I think it was just hitting 30, honestly, because it wasn't like we had some big purchase that we wanted to make that we couldn't afford. It was just hitting 30 and thinking, oh my gosh, I want to retire someday. I want to retire early. I want to have money to travel with the kids and go on vacations and do fun things. And right now we're just kind of spending it all. I mean, to us, it was just like growing up really. Yeah, the 30-year crisis. Yeah, exactly. The 30-year itch. Let's call it a 30-year itch. Yeah, exactly. What would you say was your greatest failure financially and maybe one that you and, and um, your husband both partook in? Part, partook? Is that a word? Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it probably is. Um, our biggest financial failure, um, I would say just kind of paying minimum payments on things like student loans for so many years. There were, I mean, there were so many years where we made plenty of money and we could have just absolutely killed it. And we were just kind of trucking along and, you know, not really facing reality. Um, nothing big. I wouldn't, I don't say just not really making the most of it. Yeah. Kind of Um, being in a financial fog. Yeah. Just not really facing reality not really going for it. It happens in your twenties. 
Yeah, exactly. And if you got, would you say both of you are spenders or is one of you more of a saver? No, actually, I think we're both, we're both savers now. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. I, I like having money for like, for the future, not just today. I think that's one thing we learned is like, we're responsible for 10 years from now. How do we want it to be? Well, I think what you desire is uh, something that a lot of us want, and it's no doubt that uh, your it's no surprise that your sites have taken off this uh, desire to live, have a lifestyle instead of just a life, and to have yeah. your money really paint a a picture of what you want to enjoy in li- out of life and get out of life, and not just to keep the wheels turning and the lights on, but to actually appreciate and enjoy the excitement that is life. Um, what would you say is your so money moment as you've been, you know, do, as you've been experiencing this journey, building this online you know, empire, really, um, what would you say is your proudest financial moment, perhaps as a couple? Um, well, my personal moment was when I matched my income online that I was making at my full time job. And I told my husband for several months, as soon as I, you know, make as much online as I do at my job, I'm going to quit my job. And I did. And then a couple months went by. And then I had this really bad day at work. And uh, out of nowhere, I put in my my one month notice and quit. And that was awesome. That was a very awesome feeling because I had basically what amounted to two full time jobs, one of which I created myself. And I guess like our so money moment as a couple was when my husband was able to quit his job to work online with me earlier this year, because now we're totally location independent. Um, we're making something like five or six times our monthly expenses every month. So we're really saving a lot of money and we do everything on our own terms now. Now, n- not to harp on the details, but you mentioned earlier that you're, you got rid of cable. Mm-hmm. Which for a lot of us, especially if you're a family and you've, you're kind of getting the souped up package, that's over 100 to almost $200 a month. It can be. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And yeah, you, we never had a cable package like that. But still, I mean, it made a difference. Did it? And, and what, happened, what kind of a difference did it make in your, in your entertainment um, budget? Or at least in your, you know, how do you guys, you have kids. So how do you watch TV? Do you, how do you get entertainment on television or, or do you not care about it anymore? No, Netflix is like seven ninety nine a month. And actually, it's really good for kids because they can just turn it on, pick the show that they want and watch it. And there's all kinds of kids shows on there. So, I mean, we I don't feel like we're missing out on anything. Um, we are we, I forever have wanted to cut cable. But, you know, there is that there's the fall with football. We like my husband likes to watch that. Not not he's not like one of those football sit on the couch, watch football guys. But <laughs> occasionally, like we both went to Penn State. So we like to watch football. But I feel like that is not worth the hundred some dollars a month that we're paying. Yeah, I agree. I agree um, with you wholeheartedly. So I, I think you've inspired me, and I think I'm going to have a little <laughs> chit chat with Tim tonight on this. Uh, cool. What would you say is your greatest financial habit? Um, every month we create a zero sum budget. Which, if if your readers aren't familiar with what that is, yeah, what's that? Basic, basically, you take last month's income and then create your budget for this month with last month's income and you spend every dollar, including savings, investments. Um, So we do that every month. I do it with a pen and paper. And basically I take the money we made last month and I divvy it all up into bills. I um, estimate things like groceries, utilities and stuff. And then I put um, buckets of money for retirement savings, SEP IRA, Roth IRA, um, 
different savings goals that we have and I spend it all and then we we use it up as the month progresses until it's gone and then we start over. Do you uh do you guys believe that couples should have one account? Yes, yes, definitely. Interesting. I don't I don't, I don't agree with so that weird. by the way. You don't? Oh I don't. my gosh. I can't no. imagine why we would have separate accounts. I mean, I mean well there's that's actually I think not I don't agree with separate accounts entirely either. I think it's important to have a shared account for shared expenses, but Financial autonomy is still really important even when you're married. And I think having your own bank account, it doesn't have to be, like I say, it doesn't have to be a bank account that's in Switzerland. It's just a bank account (laughs) that has your name on it that you don't have to explain how you're spending that money. And and, uh, of course, you're not doing devious things with it, but you're, you know, occasionally you want to get a haircut or buy yourself something pretty and your husband wants to go to a, to dinner with his friends and that money is just there for you to, to spend freely and not have to have a conversation about it. Um, I think in, I don't know, in my experience it works and other couples that I, that I help with, I think it, it really goes a long way. So I don't know. What do you think about that? I think that I have plenty of autonomy. I can buy anything I want. So can my husband. And we have all joint accounts. And we never argue about money. We've been together for over 10 years. We've been married for 10 years. So maybe it's just our particular relationship. But mm-hmm. we share a house and kids. I can't imagine having anything separate. And so. you, But you were married young, correct? Younger. Well, we're 35. So we got married about 25. So yes. that is probably kind of young these days. <laughs> I think it is. And I think that, that the, the, the separate accounts works really well, especially for couples that are marrying later in life. Yeah, yeah. Um, where you have spent, say, your entire 20s spending you know, to the beat of your own drum and saving to the beat of your own drum and making financial decisions independently. And so this idea of like suddenly sharing all your financials with someone else, even though, of course, it's like you, know, you love this person, you trust this person, but uh, money, as we know, is very emotional. And yeah. having that kind of silo for you to spend at your will, I think is, it helps for sure. It doesn't mean that you're not as committed as a couple that's got a shared account, but like, I think you're right. It really just depends on your relationship. Yeah. And you know, we had no money when we got married. So that's probably part of it. It's not like we were both had our own little nest egg or anything. We had nothing. So it kind of grew together and that's probably why we, we kept it that way. And I think honestly, if you can create a situation where you're saving plenty of money and not arguing about it, you should stick with it no matter what that is. It just, for us, it happens to be, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can see that. I can see that when you're young and you're making your money together and now you're in business together. So yeah, there are advantages. Um, before we wrap and before we get to our so money, uh, fill in the blanks, a couple more questions for you, but just to tap your expertise. I think before we go, it would be, um, it'd be a missed opportunity if I didn't ask you these questions, but, uh, what's your advice for those of us who want to find online writing opportunities and get kind of uh, our foot in this online content space, whether it's not just having your own blog, but really writing for other places to make extra money? Um, people ask me that all the time. I would say, like, I did a lot of, like, blind pitching at at the beginning. I would just email people and be like, hey, here, here are some topic ideas. I can write this today. I can write this tomorrow. Um, I remember my, one of my first big jobs I ever got was Get Rich Slowly, and I sent them something like 10 guest posts and kind of like stalk them about it and they kept publishing them and then eventually I was like hey if you want to hire me I'm available and they were like okay and honestly that's how it happened I mean you just have to go for it and not be pushy but 
I mean, there are other people who want it as much, if not more than you. So you have to make, you have to stand out somehow. Yeah, for sure. And hey, even in this day, in this competitive market, blind pitching might work. Sure. And if you're there at the right moment where some, where they just happen to be looking for someone, you might be that person. Now, for those of us who have our own blogs and we want to be successful, um, your advice. Yeah, I understand you've never taken a creative writing class. It's not about being creative, no. apparently. No, no, no. You know, I would put up a Hire Me page um, if you already have a website. I have a Hire Me page. I get all kinds of work from that, and I, I don't even try. And honestly, like, I have so much work now, I can't take anything else. And I have people contact me through my Hire Me page, and I have to tell them I can't write anymore right now. So, I mean, that really goes a long way. If you already have a website, why not put up a Hire Me page mm-hmm. and let people know what you're available to do? That's so smart. Yes. Hire me. I like that. I have a work with me. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. It's great. Great. Okay, Holly, ready for some so money fill in the blanks? Yes. If I won the lottery tomorrow, let's say a hundred million bucks, the first thing I would do is? Disappear for a while. Disappear? Yeah. I'd go on like a trip with my family or something. Oh, so you you wouldn't disappear from your family, just... No. (laughs) I'd take them with me. Oh my God. Uh, I love that. Okay. Yeah. I have some downtime with you and your family. One thing that I spend my money on that makes my life easier or better is? My housekeeper. I have a housekeeper and it's awesome. Yes. I echo she, that. She cleans the many blinds. She's here. Mine is here right now as I'm, as I'm <laughs> podcasting in a different room. Uh, my biggest guilty pleasure that I spend a lot of money on, maybe even a little too much, is? Travel, for sure. Where was the last uh, place you went? Um... We just went to Jamaica last month. Nice. I've never been. For, yeah, for go? spring break. Yeah, it was fun. We took the kids and they we went to all inclusive, so we didn't have to like go out to dinner and like make everything a big hassle. How was, was the awesome. food? I always feel like the food's never going to be good on in an all inclusive place. It wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. Good. <laughs> and that's important. I mean, it's if you're there for a week. I don't know. I want to have at least one or two good meals. Yeah, there were a couple good. There were a couple winners, but the rest was just mm. okay. Bummer. Well, there are perks. (laughs) One thing I wish I had known about money growing up is? Um, I wish that I knew that I could be wealthy if I tried hard enough. It never crossed my mind that I would have money when I was little. You know, for as much as my parents taught me to work hard and um, save and open up the 401k, negotiate my salary, taught me all this great stuff – I never was encouraged. It not that they didn't think I was able to, and I think this. I want to relate to you here, and it's just that it was never like you can make millions of dollars, and yeah. and you're capable, and here's how, and you know, be entrepreneurial. It just was not part of the the dialogue, um, and I don't think it's because they didn't, intentionally didn't want it. it just a part wasn't just part of the consciousness back then, perhaps. Yeah, uh, to be honest, I was kind of a troubled teenager. I was a big partier. And I think my my parents were just happy to get me to adulthood with in one piece, honestly. Oh, so really? I was never like encouraged to really go for my dreams. But I, I don't blame that on them because I think they were just so worried about me. But mm. I found my way somehow. That's a whole other show, Holly. Yeah, it is. I'm really it curious is. now to hear more about you as, a, as an adolescent. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, Almost wrapped here. When I donate money, I like to give to blank because? I like to give to animals because I love animals. Uh, So ASPCA? Yeah, sure. The Humane Society or whatever. And I'm so money because? 
because I'm creating my own destiny through self-employment and hard work. You are. And you're taking your family with you. That's great. Your husband's (laughs) joining you now. I think that's fantastic. Very, very inspiring. Holly, thank you so much. Everyone, check out clubthrifty.com, travelbluebook.com, and she's on Twitter at clubthrifty. Thanks so much, Holly. Thank you. Thanks so much to Holly. If you'd like to learn more about her, check out her websites, clubthrifty.com and travelbluebook.com. She's also on Twitter at clubthrifty and at travelbluebook. All this information at somoneypodcast.com and there you can submit a question for me. Click on Ask Farnoosh and ask away. Every weekend, I respond to your questions. And as a reminder, if you'd like to win a free, free 15-minute money session with me, I give one away every single week and the uh, the prize goes to one lucky iTunes reviewer. So if you've yet to leave a review and you'd like to connect with me, hop onto iTunes today, leave a review. If I see it and I like it and I read it out loud, you and I are going to have a date, um, a Skype date where we connect and talk about whatever's on your money mind. So hopefully we will connect. Thanks so much. Thanks again to my guest, Holly Johnson of Club Thrifty. And I hope your day is so money. Money.